The following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I'm your host today, CJ, and with me, I have... Editorial writer, Lord GTZ. Alongside... Director of Social Media, Celia Rose. And we have a special guest in tonight. Hey, it's uh, James Beckett. I'm a uh, freelance critic. I write primarily for Anime News Network. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at KickTheBeckett, and I have a blog under the same name, too. Awesome. And for those who are wondering why uh, we have a special guest in for this ep- today's episode, it's because we're going to be discussing discussing about a new show that has recently aired, since this podcast will be out next week, on Toonami, and that is Yashihime Half-Princess Demon. And it's going to be a very interesting discussion, at least. Kind of what uh, we were thinking is kind of giving everyone their thoughts about the series itself. It's an Inuyasha sequel series, you know. Inuyasha has such a long uh, history with Adult Swim, so of course they would go for a sequel series to air on Toonami. Of course, like it's 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 a no brainer. I don't think anyone here is surprised by that. But I thought it would be interesting to have kind of everyone who at least have seen. It. I haven't seen it, so this experience through Toonami is going to be my first experience with it. But I thought it'd be really cool to have uh, Inuyasha experts such as Celia Rose, who is obsessed with Inuyasha. V-Lord, who seems to know everything when it comes to anime, and the reviewer of the series from Anime News Network to join us and give us, you know, their th- tell fans what to expect, pretty much. So I'm, I'm very excited, but I have to start with this, like, anecdotal little, little story where our usual host, Sketch, was tempted to take over since he's obviously seen it. But then he said, you know what? You're already going to have enough negative Nancys about this series. I don't think you need more. And it makes me ask. Did anyone actually want this show on Toonami? Because all I've been seeing is so many negative things. And I'm just like, then what was the point? Like, why are we going to do this? And, and James, I'll, I'll start with you just just because, A, you're a guest. And, and B, you've obviously seen all of it and written everything on your words. What was it about Yashihime that just seemed to fall apart considering how big of legacy that its prequel series with Inuyasha was like what what why was it such a I don't want to like make it seem like so bad but why was it uh, such a disaster compared to its uh, older predecessor well um I guess I should probably give a couple of disclaimers up front um one I guess is the usual that uh, I do not in any way shape or form represent anime news network as, as a whole I'm just a guy who writes words about cartoons and happens to get paid for it sometimes and my second disclaimer should probably be that I don't actually have that much um, of a nostalgic attachment for Inuyasha, uh, the original series. Um, mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of it back when it was on Toonami um, back in the day, and I, it was not something I ever followed. Um, I think I was kind of in that sort of uh, grumpy teenager phase where <laughs> most of what I knew about it was was the memes, you know, about Inuyasha and Kagome yelling each other's names all the time. Um, I didn't hate it. It just wasn't something that I, I really got that invested in. And I didn't actually start watching it until um, very shortly before Yashihime came out, actually. Um, my wife mm. is uh, a big fan of the series. She really liked it when she was younger. And um, it's something that she'd been wanting to watch with me for a while. And when we found out that a sequel series was going to come out, uh, we figured that was as good a time as any to, to start catching up. And so by the time Yashihime premiered, I'd seen, I think... I got about 50 episodes in, so by no means have I like completed the original, but I've watched enough of it to get a sense of its strengths and its weaknesses and the characters and their dynamics. And so to go back to your original question, as far as what Yashihime did wrong um, as kind of a follow-up to a, a very beloved and, and kind of venerable series in the anime fandom, I guess um, everything? It, it did everything wrong. <laughs> It did yep. literally everything wrong <laughs> that it could possibly do. And, and it's funny you say that. that too. Well, yeah. what's funny is that you explain yourself as, as, you know, not necessarily a big fan of Inuyasha. Same here. Uh, I remember obviously watching it on Adult Swim and I saw bits and pieces of like each arc, I guess, because like I never saw like 
a coherent story for me only because, you know, I'm like 11, 12 years old. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on. It's half the time I fall asleep instead of actually like staying up to watch it all the time. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's not that I hated it. It didn't quite grab me as as uh, like a One Piece or like a Naruto or Bleach back back in, you know, when those shows were being seen by like everyone, it felt like. And so I guess for me, and I, I think you might be along the same lines for it. It's just like, oh, you wanted to try like seeing what all the fuss is about, especially the fact that th we were getting more content. And then it's kind of like you kind of looking back and you're like, wait, was this really as good as we thought? And not to say Inuyasha is bad. It's just a, it seems like a lot of the hype just made it seem like Yashihime wasn't going to reach that potential, I guess in a sense, considering how Inuyasha might have been a perfect storm anime uh, back when it debuted. Yeah, I think there is definitely something, you know, I think we're all sort of in that generation where uh, Toonami hit at like that perfect time where anime wasn't quite accessible enough for us to, to get a lot of it. I mean, if you're really lucky, um, you could either buy like the four episode DVDs for like 50 bucks a pop or your maybe your local library had, um, you know, uh, stuff that you could you could check out. But if if you wanted to watch anime and not just like read manga, um, Toonami was one of the main ways to do that for many, many years for a lot of us here in America. And um, I think Inuyasha really filled kind of a niche that a lot of other series didn't really hit. I mean, it had the romantic elements of like a, a more quote unquote shoujo type series uh, with a, you know, a female protagonist that was interesting and relatable. It had a long and involved story arc, like something you might see in Yu Yu Hakusho or Dragon Ball Z. It had good action scenes. It had this really unique and interesting historical setting that you didn't see uh, handled in exactly the same way, maybe with like a Roroni Kenshin, but even then, you know, it has that sort of magical vibe. And so I think Perfect Storm is a really good way to describe what made Inuyasha work, because even now, kind of coming into it as a neophyte in, you know, 2020, I started watching it pretty much when we were like in the thick of the pandemic lockdown. It's a good show. Um, it has its faults. And I've, I've heard that the back half of the series struggles a lot more with the pacing and with maybe some kind of filler that uh, the first half doesn't really hit, but it's a good show. The characters are really likable. Their relationships have um, meat and they have good dynamics with one another. Naraku's a kick-ass villain. And so I totally get why Inuyasha was a hit back in the day. Like I, I really do get it for sure. Yeah. And so I want to go over to you, Celia, because I think, in this you know panel here you're probably the biggest inuyasha fan i know you can't wait to do inuyasha tweets for toonami faithful not that i mind i think they're also great because personally you know how much i love the old aesthetic how anime used to look back when we were younger not to be like hey anime's bad nowadays it's better by day it's just more i i really do enjoy that type of aesthetic and why while inuyasha may not have touched me in like my fandom to be like oh my god i can't wait to see it it's looked so beautiful to me. So it was hard for me to be like, oh, this is, you know what I mean? So, and you tend to agree with uh, James that just everything seemed to falter with this show. And I'm curious, since uh, you're the biggest fan of the property, like, why do you agree with that sentiment? Why was it that Yashihime fell flat? Because I remember when it was first being, you know, announced that you were so excited, you couldn't wait to see it. You kept, you know, like saying how you're excited about seeing the kids and all that. So I'm just curious, like, what happened? What what, what changed? You know, like, uh, it's all <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> just thinking about it just makes me sigh. Um, so when it was announced, I was really excited because I kind of expected something similar to Boruto where the main characters are still involved to some capacity, but really the focus is on their kids. And when it didn't do that, I was like, okay, I just need to, you know, let's see where this is going to go. Because clearly it didn't go the way I thought it was. But a lot of what Yashihime does, and what it's particularly good at, is building you up to receive new information and then not delivering on anything. <laughs> You know, it'll be like, this is really yes. important. We're going to get to this point. We're going to get to this point. And then nothing. Absolutely nothing that doesn't move the plot forward. It doesn't build on characterization. And and because of that, there are things within Yashihime that don't work. You know, they expect you to, I guess, imply that some sort of characterization happened with Toa and Setsuna and Moroha to get them from point A to point B in the series. 
when it didn't actually happen at all. Like there are some points where um, they're really inconsistent on Toa's personality, like where they go from her being this really scrappy, like I get into fights all the time to being super, super emotionally sensitive. But it doesn't make any clear connection because you can have a character that has both of those. But they didn't give any sort of scenario that I remember anyways, where they were able to go, she's, you know, she's really rough on the, on the edges, but inside she's really a sweet, thoughtful kind person. It didn't happen. Um, and there was a lot of inconsistencies as well. There was inconsistencies with the lore within Inuyasha regarding demons and half demons. Um, for example, those three should have been totally ostracized if they were going by the lore of Inuyasha. Cause in the original show, half demons were treated the same way um, people who are half Japanese are in modern society. I actually think it was kind of a commentary on that. But if you were a half demon, no one wanted anything to do with you. The human world didn't want you. The demon world didn't want you. In this show, everyone sees them and they're like, ah, princess half demons, how are you? Like, they're so friendly and, and everyone seems to have forgotten that everyone was being racist to half demons like just a decade prior. It's really strange. And then just some inconsistencies with actual demon powers. Like, for example, Toa has a really strong sense of smell that comes into play later because she's a half-dog demon. But that sense of smell only shows up when it's convenient. Like, it's not even one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, I can use it now, but when my demon powers wane or under these circumstances or whatever, I can't utilize it. Okay, that makes sense. But it would just kind of go in and out whenever they remembered it was a thing, at least whenever the writers and the creative team did. So that was really, really frustrating about Yashihime. It was watching it and being like, okay, we're finally getting somewhere. And then either not getting a payoff that made going through that entire episode worth it, or it felt like they were just endlessly going on side quests without moving the plot forward. And like Inuyasha did a lot of that too. You know, and that's a fair criticism of Inuyasha, but at least when they were doing it in the original show, they were still getting a shard of the Shikon Jewel, and there was still some sort of payoff by the end. You either got an emotional payoff with character development, or you got a piece that moved the plot forward a little bit, even if it was just an inch. It still got you closer to the end goal. Yashahime really failed on that, except for the final episode, and that's what makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's funny where you made that comp with Boruto because I was at least reviewing uh, some of the Blu-ray releases that Viz was doing with it. And something that really like bothered me with Boruto is the fact that I felt like they were still resting on Naruto, Sasuke, Sakura. Like they were resting on the old guard instead of letting the new characters develop. Now, I haven't obviously been following up with Boruto lately and I have heard, you know, things have gotten better in that aspect. And so you making that comp kind of makes me worried that it's going to be more about Kagome and Inuyasha and Shishomaru than actually, you know, Toa. Uh, Mohoro and God, what was the third one again? I always uh, Setsuna. I always forget that day. I'm so, oh, I feel so. Are bad. we doing spoilers? <laughs> but, uh, because I can tell you, but it I'm would spoil trying, some stuff in the show. I'm trying to at least steer kind of away from that a little bit, just because. I mean, I guess I could put a spoiler warning at the beginning of stuff like that for in post and whatnot. But it, for me, it's just when you mention that, it makes me worried that they're going to focus more on the you know, previous cast than the newer one. And when, whenever I just hear that uh, comp to Boruto, just from what my experience has been with Boruto. And if, like we saw so much of it yeah. on Tuna anyway. I think the best thing I can say without spoiling anything is, how do I put this? Not necessarily that it does that. Ah, damn, I had the thought. Now it just went out of my brain. <laughs> That's fine. Well, you might be able to think of it when we come back or things like that. It's just, yeah, I, well, it's, I, yeah. I think, I can, I, think I can speak to that point a little bit yeah. um, with, without spoiling anything, because I think it actually speaks to why why the show kind of inherently does not work. Um, and, you know, even if we were to maybe brush aside some of the inconsistencies of the characterization, because that's a huge problem. Um, and even if we were to brush aside the weird slapdash way they play with lore, uh, one of the one of the most common um, defenses I kept hearing for Yashihime whenever I you know would do my live tweets and complain about it was um, whenever I complained about the pacing and about the um, uh, like you were just saying the the way that th there is no focus on the main plot and it, it's almost all side quests. People would always kind of chime in and say, oh, well, that's exactly how the original series was. It took them blah, 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 blah episodes to finally deal with this threat, or it took this many episodes for Naraku to get introduced. And sure, that's, that's, I will totally grant you that. But 
I did see the show like this year and something that um, uh, CJ that you just brought up is, oh, not CJ. Um, see that we, we, I think it was you the one that brought it up, right? The, um, the Shikon jewel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was Celia. <laughs> you know, um, you know about the Shikon jewel within like three episodes, like by episode three, you know that Inuyasha and Kagome have to find the shards and put the jewel back together. Otherwise bad shit's going to happen. And yeah, we learn more about Naraku and we learn all these other kind of side threats. And, you know, every week there's like a new monster that has a new shard, but at the very least you understand and Kagome and Inuyasha understand we have to get the shards for the jewel. All right. Clear, easy, simple. In Yashihime, it takes, and this isn't, this is not an exaggeration. It takes fully 75% of the entire series for the main characters to even agree on what their goal is and what they need to do to achieve it. Yeah. So for the, first, for the first 20 or so episodes of the show, they're literally just wandering around for almost no reason other than some very vaguely defined conflicts that they don't even seem to care that much about. And in fact, there are a couple of points where like Setsuna will just flat out say to Toa, uh, because Toa wants to get the, the dream butterfly. That's like the basic premise is I need to get the dream butterfly to rescue my sister's ability to sleep. And Setsuna, for almost, for, for a lot of the series, just straight up says, I don't care. I don't care about getting my dreams back. I don't particularly care about the dream butterfly. So I, I'm not really that involved. And so not only is it that they're kind of going on these side quests and, you know, we have the mystery of how the characters in the original series are involved in the show. We don't even know if the characters themselves care about their own plot. And I think that's the biggest fundamental difference between Inuyasha and Yashihime is um, you, you always knew that Inuyasha and Kagome cared about each other and they cared about getting that damn jewel back <laughs> together. And they cared right. about, beating Naraku. They cared about those things. And in Yashihime, you don't know what anyone cares about, really. You don't even know what the main villain is trying to do up until near the very end. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's it's a very strange way to approach writing a story. It's right. funny, too, when I was looking up uh, kind of the general synopsis of it, it did feel like it had like a uh, kind of aimless type of story i guess in a sense because when i was looking i was just wondering okay so what's the deal with the three girls like what is it that they want to do and when i heard all of it together it's like they don't even want to know why they were separated it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they really cared and it just it kind of blew me away since i thought that that would be the main the main focal point of it and it didn't it didn't seem to be um and and so v lord since you kind of rewatched the entire series to refamiliarize yourself is there like I don't want to say like give us hope or anything like that, but it's more along the lines of like rewatching it. Were you able to see anything that maybe that you liked from before or something you didn't like and like something might have changed with it or along those lines? Like, I, I don't want to make it seem like there's nothing good about this show, but like even for me who hasn't seen it, like the fact that it does sound a bit like aimless, it, it, it just from, you know, looking at the synopsis kind of part. Is there any kind of thing that kind of can that someone can like sink their teeth on, so to say, since you rewatched it? CJ, there is no hope. Oh, man, <laughs> man. Yeah. What is this? The Promised Neverland <laughs> season two post discussion? Like what is happening? I mean, <laughs> I, I'd say it's better than that. But like, I know, I know. I guess the one saving grace is kind of the English dub is good. But I really do have to echo the points of Celia and James that like it just feels very aimless for like the vast majority of its run and the characterizations are all over the place. The main characters are just conveniently gone for reasons that logically don't make too much sense. And it just doesn't have any of the magic and the charm that Inuyasha had. Like I'm a big fan of the Inuyasha manga, less so the anime, but even the anime, I felt like it was far more focused even at slowest times than any moment in Yashihime. Like, the fact that it, like, nothing really important happens for, like, 14 episodes is just, like, very concerning to me. 
Because, like, you just start watching it, and it's just this, like, demon of the week type structure, but none of the stories are all that interesting. And then a lot of the time, the demons that they're fighting are just demons that were skipped over from the Inuyasha manga. Yes! (laughs) That was one of my complaints with the show, is because they were taking scenarios that weren't adapted into the Inuyasha anime and just plunking Toa, Setsuna, and Moroha into it and being like, here you go! And it's like, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. The scenarios worked because those characters in Inuyasha had time together and you had payoff from pr- before in order for this to be meaningful. But it doesn't work when you just throw these random characters in that you kind of, it feels like they didn't really know what they wanted to go with those characters anyways because their characterization is all over the place. And they just stick them in there like they're interchangeable. And it is very apparent. It's very apparent in some episodes how rough that is. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating because I feel like if they had just like had one singular goal at the beginning and just stuck to that, Yashihime probably could have ended up being a lot better. But because like there's so many different like mysteries and like goals that they aren't even really aiming for, like most of the time the show doesn't know what it's trying to do and you just lose your interest very fast. Like I, I felt like I was going to fall asleep a lot of the time rewatching it. Do you mean lose your interest on a like a storytelling type of part or even so much so that it seemed like even the characters themselves weren't even interested in being part of their own show kind of, thing? you know, like kind of like a meta thing. But just like when you were saying, like, they don't seem to show interest. What do you mean exactly? Well, just I mean, I guess like my personal interest in the show. God. Oh, just with you. OK, OK. I Although, wanted to I make mean, sure they, like they do literally have conversations where they say, we don't care about this threat. <laughs> like, like yeah. they have conversations yeah. where they say, I don't care about the main bad guy. Why are we fighting him? And that doesn't change for like episodes. And so it's, it, it doesn't help, right? Like even when you want to be invested in it. Although I will say, um, uh, you mentioned that the dub is good. And I agree with that. And if there's any sliver of a saving grace, it's that the one character who cares the least is actually, and maybe this isn't a consensus, maybe you guys will have a different take, but I would say that they're actually easily the best character in the show, and that's Moroha. Moroha is far and away the most interesting character in the entire series, and she literally has no reason to be there whatsoever, other than she just wants to be a good cousin. That's it. (laughs) I love Moroha so much. Yeah, she's my favorite. I was seeing that sentiment a lot as I was doing prep work, uh, through Yashihime stuff. So I was just like, oh, that's good at least. Um, and I guess I th- I think the best way for me to kind of grasp what's what's going on, at least in a sense, is that it seems that it, like we were co- like for, for us at Toonami Faithful, we were covering the series even before it was going to be on Toonami. We all kind of had this inkling that it was going to be on it due to the pedigree of the show i mean look at like boruto made it of course they would go for that naruto's been on the show you know i'm sure if like we had a spinoff of one piece i i honestly hope we don't I, i'm fine with just one one piece we don't need more um uh i'm sure that would be looked at and bleach you know the final season i'm sure when that becomes available tsunami will try to grab for it it seemed like this was so obvious but it's almost like should they have even bothered with it, despite the fact that so many people are like, and you got a spinoff, we get more content, we get more content. I feel like that's more people like me who actually haven't seen it and then are going to just be like, what did we ask for? We didn't know what we were asking for kind of thing. And I, I feel so disappointed in that just because, like, for me, I always enjoy when a property does get more content. I just from what at least you guys are saying, and I, and I, I I'm not saying you guys are making me like fear that this is happening it's just more like it really seems like Toonami should have said thanks but no thanks and not only just because of what you guys saying but the dub's already out so it's not as if it's going to be a lot of people's first exposure to it whether it be the simulcast earlier or even the uh english dub either or two i mean if they were going to do that then we wouldn't have promised neverland season two or subsequent seasons of food wars because <laughs> food wars gets progressively worse you, you have know? no i don't even know bad. the promise never yeah, you know, it would be. Like, yeah. Did anyone know? Did anyone? Could any? Like, no. And it <laughs> made me like, sad because I love the manga with it too. But no, like Celia, you don't have yeah. to tell me about Wars. I've it's, read it. I've right? experienced it. It makes me so <laughs> effing sad. It does. Like season one was the only good anime of it. 
And then the rest has been like progressively worse and worse. So I, I get what you're saying, but it just, there's so much resources out there is why I'm kind of like, why, like, did they have their own nostalgia glasses on of when they're saying Inuyasha, of course, of course. And it just, I don't know. I, I, I worry that I worry just because of how, I don't want to say controversial, but just uh, polarizing. That's the word. How polarizing Yashihime seems to be, because you have well, you know, think... panels like your or panels like yourself saying these kind of like bad, not bad, but just you know critiques. And then you might have some that are blind that are just like, no, Inuyasha, good. You know. I think the weirdest thing is that um, one of the things that I always associated tsunami with when I was younger, right, is that it contained stuff that was a little bit edgier and a little bit more mature than what you'd normally see on Cartoon Network. Um, even like discounting the fact that it was, a lot of it was anime, just the, the fact that it was more, you know, it was more in like the young teen kind of age demographic. Um, and obviously that's changed a bit since Toonami's now airing um, so late at night slash early in the morning. But the weird thing about Yashihime being on Toonami, just kind of coming from my perspective, is that the show really feels aimed at like young kids, like little kids. Yeah. And... And so even the people that like want to stay up until, you know, one or two in the morning to watch it just for the nostalgia glasses, if they're the kind of people that like want to watch it with their kids to like show their kids, hey, this is a thing I really loved when I was younger. I feel like those older people are not going to get really anything out of it because the show seems written primarily for like nine year olds. It absolutely is. And actually, I noticed this because I'm kind of obsessive and i was watching looking at the time slot for yashahime in japan it airs during prime time or at least it did when it was on yeah. tv it aired at like five or six in the evening so what it, they ended up doing is writing it for a broader audience because my sister and i were watching it together we watched inuyasha on adult swim when we were in middle school and loved it and we noticed there's a significant lack of very aggressive violence <laughs> no one yeah there's almost no blood there's yeah. no blood, you know, the monsters really don't have a lot of stakes to them. Everything seems like, you know, oh, but it worked out in the end. Like, it's just very um, sanitized. And in comparison to the previous one, where I feel like there was some more nuance to some of the situations. I mean, at least as nuanced as you can get with a, you know, a mythical folklore-based manga that's also aimed for, like, teens and young, and young adults. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I think it makes a big difference. And it's one of the things that is kind of disappointing about it being on Toonami is that it doesn't really match the audience that it's going to be shown to. And then, and then it will do this weird thing where it tries to have it both ways where it'll like, it'll have this moral at the end, like this very yeah. broad moral, even when it's dealing with topics that aren't appropriate for kids. There's one episode in particular, I won't go into spoilers, but it, it tries to wrap everything up with this super twee, like, oh, I guess I learned my lesson about modern teenager problem, even though the lesson is completely irrelevant to the super messed up, like, actual story at hand. And my mind, like, melted. I was like, I cannot process what this show is trying to do, because it is just... Uh, it, it seems like it's lost its mind where it thinks it's it thinks it's giving like a G.I. Joe or a, a Sonic the Hedgehog like, remember, kids, uh, don't spend too much time on your cell phones. Yuck. But then the actual the episode will actually get weirdly dark compared to everything else the story's been doing. And it's just it's so bizarre. I, I don't see what kids would get out of it. And I don't see what like the older audience that actually grew up with Inuyasha is going to get out of it either. Yeah, really and I, I finally remembered my thought, too. So oh. one of the things with, with this show that kind of baffles me is that when they released it, the the uh, I think it was the director, Teruo Saito, I think it was him, said in an interview that you do not need to be familiar with the original series to watch this show. But you kind of do. That's it relies a, a lot on it. Lot. It relies a lot <laughs> on it, but then, but then it waffles back and forth where it, like, doesn't really want to say anything about the original show, but will lean so heavily on it. Where they're like, haha, you see this? See this? This is from the original. Like, do you remember this from Inuyasha? But we don't think you need to watch Inuyasha in order to understand what's going on. And it's like, excuse me? <laughs> what are you trying to accomplish here? So, so that was what I was trying to, um, the statement I was actually trying to remember when we were talking about comparing it to Boruto. You know, where Boruto does actually 
call back to the original series and those characters are there, Yashahime isn't sure if it wants to, but it is more than happy to lean on the fame mm. and the notoriety of the original one. And that's what stinks too, because at least like with Boruto, I understood like, okay, they're, they are going to be resting their laurels on Naruto. They're going to just do that. They really do there wasn't any waffling with that. They were just doing it. And like, I was frustrated on that just because I wanted to see, you know, Boruto uh, shine as well as, you know, all of his classmates. And so hearing that Yashihime seems to try to do it both ways, it's almost as like, it, it, it's, it's tough because like, I, I could give you a great sports analogy with this, but it would not make any sense whatsoever. So I'm not going to bother. So it's fine. Um, but it's, it's like trying to do two paths to win a title and then you end up not being able to do it. Uh, there's a famous saying in football. If you have two quarterbacks, you have none. It's kind of like Yashahime is like, do we want to be nostalgia or do we want to try something new? And it's like they try to do both. And instead, they got nothing. And it's just it's, it's just it was a really weird choice, it seems to be. And it's even weirder, the fact that there's going to be another season, if I'm recalling that correctly. Yeah, it's coming out in a few months. That's going to be fun. <laughs> well, well Velord, what can you tell me about like, how is it? How is that a thing? Like, w is it just because of, like, as Hila was mentioning, where it was airing at, during its time, nostalgia of Yasha? Is it actually, like, popular and we're just all negative? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know, but, like, the first season ends on a cliffhanger, so I'd assume they were planning it pretty far ahead of time. It got really good ratings in Japan, actually. Oh, it did? It yeah. Very, I mean, yeah. it airs in, like, a good time slot, so that probably helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not only that, but since it aired, Yashahime has been uh, involved in a lot of collaborative events. So like cafes, pop-up shops, that kind of thing. Um, I actually think that this anime was released for an, as an anniversary project for Inuyasha. They didn't explicitly say it, but it happened to come out the same year that there was an Inuyasha exhibition, a traveling one, during COVID uh, that ran for like six months. So I think between that, like, you can kind of put two and two together. It's kind of an odd anniversary year, because I don't even think it falls on, like, an even number, like, say, like, you know, 20th or 30th or whatever. But I think that probably was what they were trying to achieve. And season two was probably greenlit long before season one was done, which is why mm -hmm. they were able to announce as soon as it was over that, hey, we're going right into it. And I am ashamed to say I will probably watch season two. <laughs> well, I mean, it might be on Toonami, so you might be, so, like, tweeting it. So. No! <laughs> Whether we want to or not, we can't escape. I mean, we've kind of had to deal with that already. So, I mean, what's, I don't know, 23 more weeks of stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be worse. Celia, you could be doing Dragon Ball Super again. We haven't even addressed the biggest crime in this show. I was just about to say, I mean, there was one thing that I had to have on this episode. That's the thing that Celia is most jazzed about the most. And Celia, what is the biggest crime that Yashahime commits? The biggest crime is what they've done to Sashomaru's face. <laughs> <laughs> it is the... Yes. Biggest crime in this entire show. That is the biggest. That is the biggest Sashomaru related crime too. They oh turned him into. And I, this is an outdated term. No one really uses it anymore. So I hope people understand. But they turned him into a moe blob. They rounded his features so much, and they made his eyes so big. I'm like, what have you done? He's not cute. He is cold blooded, and he is beautiful. Well, no, don't you understand? He is a misunderstood, squishy, cuddly, wonderful father. Um, who oh only God. ever does like this. And it's funny because, like, he just vanishes too, from what I've seen. Where is he? Been? Like, he oh, has no? like this huge thing going on oh, with yeah. his two daughters, and then all of a sudden he's just like, oh, peace. You know, it's like all that Homer Simpson meme where he just goes into the grass. It's just like, see us, Shomaru. Oh, just wait. The show handles it in a very ungraceful way. Yeah. Oh, really? It is so clunky in how it handles. Sashomaru's uh, involvement in his daughter's lives. It's it's rough. It's real rough. And not even like in a, oh, he's a bad parent kind of way. More like in a, oh, I guess we should address that type of way. Like they forgot that they had to include it. It feels very tacked on. And, and that's really kind of the, I guess, one of the core issues with Yashahime as a whole. Is that it felt like as they were going along, they were going, oh, and we should do this. Oh, and we should do this. Oh, wait, we haven't talked about this for like two episodes. We should mention it. It feels very disorganized in its composition as a whole. 
So even just trying to keep up with some of the main things that aren't relating back to like, say, nostalgic references from the old series, but just the main plot, it's hard to keep up with because it's so all over the place. There is an episode that literally begins in the middle of a battle in a place we've never seen before with a character that has never been mentioned before involving a backstory that has never been explained before. And at no point does the show ever attempt to like reconcile why any of it is happening. And then a big piece of character development, quote unquote, happens and it is never mentioned again. Yep. <laughs> I remember this episode and I hated I, it. I, I have a question. Who asked for this? Like, what? <laughs> that's so frustrating. But That's why like, I think it's ugh. an anniversary project. Because I don't think anyone actually asked for it. On the okay. premise, it seems so promising, right? Like, you get to see the kids and, like, everyone was like, oh, my God, Inuyasha and Sashomaru, they had sex. It's just like, oh, that seems to be what everyone already seems to care about. Like, that was the whole thing with Boruto, because everyone's like, oh, who got with who? Who's their kids? And I'm just like, really? I want to just see the story. Like, I don't really care about that part. But it just seems like, who asked for this? And it's so that's so frustrating. Well, yeah. if you were online when it was airing, that was the only thing people were talking about. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm not surprised. That was, that was it. They're just like, who did Sashomaru have sex with and have kids with? That's all people cared about. Because really, when you think about it, the show hadn't given you anything else to care about at that point, you know? That's, that's so sad. Oh boy, does that turn out to be pleasant. <laughs> it's really, really dumb. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah, answer, the answer to any question you might possibly have about what happened to this character or what's up with this character or why is this character behaving this way, you only get a few answers anyway. And every <laughs> last one of them is really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have to agree with Celia, though, that, like, I feel Yashihim was probably mainly created because of it potentially being an anniversary project. Like, the only other reason I can really think of is, like, Rumiko Takahashi's current series is also kind of a spiritual successor to Inuyasha. So, like, they've been doing a lot of cross-promotion between Yashihime and that. So, like, I guess keeping it around kind of benefits promoting both things. And you're talking about Mao, right? Yes, Mao, which is actually yeah. good, unlike Yashime. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear good things about that from both you and Sakaki. So it's just like, ugh, maybe it's it's like penance before we get like a Mao thing. Because that's, from what at least Sakaki was saying, I would rather have that be what's replacing the Promised Neverland for an anime compared to what you guys have been saying with Yashime. <laughs> well, and here's my question. If this was just, if this was just a cynical sort of marketing ploy anniversary project, right? If that's really the only reason it exists ostensibly, why didn't they just go the easy, lazy, fan servicey route and 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 make just the simplest version of the story they could have made where the three girls end up uh, separated for a while, they get thrown into modern times, and then you just do a reverse Inuyasha where the girls are in modern day Japan and they have to fight like modern day versions of the yokai that we saw in the original show. You get cameos from all the characters that we know and love, and they get to show up and say their catchphrases. And you know, Kagome says "sit boy," and uh, you know, all that. Why? Why didn't they just go just do inverse Inuyasha with young girls instead of? Uh, the teenage girl and the teenage boy and let's do it in modern times instead of feudal Japan and then let's just do the same formula they have to find the Shikon jewel shards again maybe Naraku comes back from the dead again like whatever I'll take that at this point I would <laughs> gladly take lazy like I would gladly take the Boruto version of, of Yashihime where it's just more of the same but slightly different instead of whatever the hell they were trying to do with Yashihime. Yeah, th that would be way more watchable than what we actually got. What's really disappointing is that, like, I was looking forward to this because one of the really big marketing points with this show was how much of the original staff that worked on the TV series was returning to create Yashihime. And the same series composition writer from the TV show is on there, and he wrote the scripts for the movies, which were also good to a certain extent. Um, you know, he like it's the scriptwriter for Swords of an Honorable Ruler, which is the best Inuyasha movie. 
but Yashihime didn't meet that level. I have a feeling that because Rumiko Takahashi isn't super involved in this one, like she's in a supervising role, but from what I've read in interviews, it was very hands-off. Like she really let them do their own thing. They would run scenarios by her, but she was like, nah, I trust you guys, you do it. So yeah, I feel like her not being a part of it is also one of the big reasons why it feels so disorganized and why it doesn't work the way it does. Because now you're going basing a story off of what she's done and writing something completely new and turning that into an anime instead of just adapting something that she's already written that's really good on its own. She's one of the most talented authors I can think of when it comes to, you know, manga, especially just with all the properties that I've at least uh, have read along that line. So it is very disheartening to see that. But as at least on the bright side, and I, I mean this more for us and our brand more than anything, it seems people on the outside who don't know anything like me seem to be rather excited. <laughs> it seems to be like, I remember, you know, the promo that Toonami put out, which was actually really well cut. And um, the the tweets that we've done for it, it seems like everyone's like super excited for it. It's almost like, oh man, we're setting them. It's like we're give, telling them they're going to have dessert first. And when dessert is going to be like carrots instead of the actual dessert. And I feel bad. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to burst anyone's bubbles, especially because by the time this comes out, we'll probably have one or two episodes that have aired on Tsunami. It'll be one. It'll just but, be one. Uh, yeah, like, I wish I could come up with something positive to say about the show to encourage people to keep watching. Um, at the very least, it's not spoiler related, because I will say, as much as I dislike the series, the payoff in the final episode made me go, God damn it, I have to watch season two now. <laughs> Even though everything leading up to that, I was like, nope, after this is done, I'm done with Yashihime. I'm not going to watch this anymore. I'm over it. But the finale, <laughs> I'm hooked. I'm sucked in. I can't let go. And, and we always encourage people to at least, you know, try it themselves. Don't let, you know, myself or anyone else kind of tell you to be like, hey, you shouldn't watch this because we said it's bad. We always encourage, you know, people finding out for themselves. I just have a feeling a lot of people are going to catch on with what, everyone here has really been saying i mean i'll say this i'll stick with it obviously just because like a it'll be my first experience and i feel like all three of you might enjoy the pain that i have to deal with when watching although although i yeah i have a pungent for watching bad anime i mean be lord how many times have i've seen handshakers isn't it like six times <laughs> it's no it's not okay maybe but still you just you just said the name of that series out loud and now i need to uh I'm going to have to check every single locked uh, window and door in my house because um, <laughs> handshakers might come for me. And I... <laughs> let me let me tell you, I uh, I have a penchant for picking bad anime and just being like, well, this is this is this. This is the line I make now. This is this is where it all ends, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's just I was I'm very like obviously you know saddened that an inuyasha sequel property can't um measure up even into like i wasn't expecting it to be you know the same or even better but even to just be like adequate and it seems kind of you know frustrating but as i say I i'm hopeful that you know fans are able it's like how i tell people about like my experience with tokyo ghoul i watched the anime first and i was like whoa this world is actually kind of cool i kind of want to read the manga to see what happens after the anime and then i read and i'm like Oh dear God! They murdered my boys. What? What? And like the manga is fantastic, and I, I continued reading it. I probably would have felt the same way with the Promise Neverland until I started reading it, and then I'd be like, Oh dear God! This lump of you know what kind of thing. So I, I, I'm curious if you know those who might you know steer clear, uh, like, you know, opinions on it or whatever, might um, feel about the series, but. At least from what you guys are saying, I, do, I don't feel like I'm going to really enjoy it. Like, I can enjoy, a, you know, some kid version shows, like, to an extent. But I feel like when it reaches, like, 1 a.m. and I'm like, I'm tired. I, I kind of think I feel like it's insulting me more than anything. Which mm -hmm. <laughs> is saddening. Yeah. Oh, I did just think of something positive. The opening and ending themes are kind of catchy. So if Which we get to Yashikime, they are catchy. <laughs> The second opening actually has the best animation in the whole show, in my opinion. Oh, easily. It has the uh, best animation. Um, easily. It's very misleading by the time you get to that point, but best animation, catchy song. So at the very least, if we get 
at least a short edit of those, because I know Toonami doesn't always do full cuts of the openings and endings, uh, then you get to hear those and you can enjoy those. So there's something positive about Yashihime to look forward to. Well, you also mentioned that and you like Mohoro. I do. I love Moroha. She's such a dumbass and I love her. Is she like her father then in that sense? Like, you, like obviously with their looks, you can tell, like, obviously who's who, but does she seem to be more like her her dad than her mom, so to say? They try to, without spoiling anything, they try to characterize her that way, but she's more braggadocious than anything. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, like, that's one of the things I really like about her is she's so cocky. And, like, Inuyasha was a very cocky character himself, but he never was that type of character to go out and be like, look what I can do. I can do this because I'm the greatest. Like that was really more like Koga's type of characterization. Um, but with Moroha, she does that all the time. <laughs> She's like, I can do this. I don't need help. And then it turns out to be a disaster because she really can't. So I saw rumors um, floating about when the show was airing uh, from people that um, followed some of the creators on social media and, and kind of tracked uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff that was going around. And so if this is unverified, but I've, I've heard tell that, um, and I, I would believe it just based on, based on what Moraha actually gets to do throughout the season, which isn't very much. Um, she's there a lot of the time. She just doesn't do much. Um, but what I heard was that she was originally intended to be a very kind of, sparsely used side character basically someone that showed up every now and then to you know interact with with the two main girls and um originally uh hisui uh, maroku and sango-san was going to be kind of the, the third member of the group like the third sort of person that uh, rounded out the party so to speak and i guess uh based on the, the rumors that i was seeing um all of like the writers liked moraha so much that they basically said, no, she has to be like a part of the show. She's she's like the best character. But that didn't happen until fairly late into the planning stage. And so uh, I guess it's a sign of how likable and how good she is that even um, supposedly the creators of the show felt the need to add more Maroha in kind of at the last minute because they knew that she was going to be the breakout character. There wow. you go. There's something positive. That kind of makes me something... hope there's more Moroha in season two then. That makes yeah. me really excited to see her in season one, at least. Be like, listen, this is the chosen one. She will save us. She will save us all. Our precious gremlin. <laughs> I mean, best case scenario, <laughs> since nothing really happens in season one, um, outside of the, like, the very beginning and the very end, even if people end up kind of vibing with the more negative takes, um, if season two is an improvement, if they, you know, wise up and just make Moraha the main character, or if at the very least they make it better. Um, this is one of those shows where you could honestly watch like the first three episodes and then skip ahead to like the last two or three. And you would basically get every important element of the plot that you need to follow the story. Um, and then they could, you know, if season two ends up being good this year, um, maybe maybe Toonami's Gambit will have paid off and they will have like a a solid back half to, to lean on for their for, for 2023 or something. <laughs> I'm hopeful at least because I, I do wonder uh, how fans are going to react in a sense of if the show isn't necessarily as popular as they were hoping considering obviously The Promise Neverland getting a run on it. The second season, at least. First season, obviously, I really like. And the second season, you know, like, it's whatever. I, I will say, you know, the at least as you guys were saying for the English dub for Yashihime, English dub for season two of The Promised Neverland, really, really good. I, I enjoy the cast. I think uh, Alex did a wonderful job uh, as ADR director for it, as usual. Um, so at least there's, there's that people have looked forward to. And I, I will say the thing that I thought that I or the thing that I really enjoyed seeing was when Yashihime was announced to be on the block. A lot of the cast members who are in the uh, Yashihime anime were like, I grew up on Inuyasha. It really helped, you know, solidify my love for anime. Now I get to be on the se the sequel. Like it's on Toonami like it was before. And just I like that whole full circle coming together moment. So uh, I will say it. it's very sentimental, very, very minute compared to like the actual issues that are bogging this anime down. But I think that's sweet. And I don't know, maybe I'm just like a silly uh, romantic when it comes to those types of uh stories at least um but i i, I don't know 
I always try to like find something to look forward to. It, I will say, as as few as they were, there was something. So I, I, I call that a win, if anything. Um, but yeah, I I think we kind of hashed this off. I, I feel like Celia James and uh, Velord just took a bat and was just whacking on the pinata that was Yashihime. But you know, it, it's still standing, and maybe they get a little few treats afterwards too um but but james thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us i i I felt like this was an absolute uh must to have you on considering that you reviewed it for such a wide audience i i I felt like it was an absolute must and i'm really hoping you enjoyed your stay uh with us (laughs) yeah man i mean i will say this uh if we're if we're uh if we're going to be positive and you're right i think it is always good to try to find the little kernels of positivity um, I had so much more fun reviewing and talking about and hashing out Yashihime than I did with uh, The Promise Neverland. Um, oh, you Promise reviewed Neverland, that one too. I did. And it, um, that just, that just made me sad. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that show just made me like really depressed and upset um, because it was it just botched everything in, in a way that just was kind of fundamentally and irredeemably broken by the end of it. And with Yashihime at least I could write jokes about it. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, Yashihime, you, you, if you, even if you don't like it, if you have some friends and if you are, you know, maybe able to crack open a cold drink of your choice and preference, um, it could still be an enjoyable time, even if you're maybe watching it a little ironically. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's got a lot to talk about for sure. So thank you very I, much I, for having me on. Absolutely. And I expect a like message from Celia every every Saturday. They murdered my boy CJ. How do I move on from this? I just <laughs> it's the funniest thing every time. Uh. Still haven't let it go. <laughs> Not since as, they as, brought him back in October of last year. Can't let it go, man. As as the kids say, rent free. <laughs> I'm sure Celia is like, yep, pretty much, pretty much. But uh, that, that, that will do it for this episode. I, I feel like Celia's head's about to burst, so we'll, we'll, we'll end it there kind of thing. Let me do the house cleaning. Uh, you can email us at podcast at tunamifaithful.com. You can follow us on facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at tunamipodcast. You can listen to every episode of the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, if it hosts podcasts you will find the Toonami Faithful podcast. You can find every episode on the, of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com slash Faithful. And you can get the latest Toonami news by following Toonami News on Twitter, where you can read all types of articles that we do, whether it be editorials, reviews, uh, news items, all can be found there at ToonamiFaithful.com with a certain Promise Neverland topic that should be posted by Friday, uh, Friday of this week. It'll be obviously after this episode, but definitely take a look into that if you are as mo- as upset with that as uh, myself and B-Lord and James <laughs> seem to be with that. And, and don't forget to subscribe to the Tsunami Faithful Pass at patreon.com slash Tsunami Faithful. It's where you can find all our behind the scenes interview from our Tsunami documentary, What Tsunami Means to Me. And I definitely recommend checking out the documentary if you are a big Tsunami fan and haven't already done so. Especially because... Feelord and Celia thought it was well done. I, I'm kind of like, meh, but, you know, I, I go by what they say. They're more of experts than what I am. Don't listen uh, to CJ. That... It's very good. <laughs> uh, but that will do it for this episode. Lord, where can our listeners find you? Um, Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And then I write various things for all-comic.com as well as Tommy Faithful. So you can check out those places. And then I do a bunch of podcasts, uh, the biggest of which is the Demon Slayer podcast on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast. But then I also do a general anime and manga podcast called the Dumb Weebs Podcast at Dumb Weebs Pod. And then a Shaman King podcast over Solo Shaman King Podcast at Shaman King Pod. And then my newest podcast, which I do with our fellow writers, Marion and Sakaki, is a Shogaku Khan focused anime and manga podcast. Uh, called Saturday Night Shoggy on Twitter at Sat Night Shoggy. So check out all of those. A lot of podcasts to catch up on, V-Lord. A lot of podcasts. Uh, Celia, where could our listeners find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Planet Twinkle and on Facebook at Silly Rose Cosplay. I'm also on all of our social media pages. So anytime you comment on one of our posts, tag us in something, or use the hashtag Toonami Talkback, I see it and I can share it with the other staff members. Yeah, and your waifu tastes are deplorable from our last episode. <laughs> Just throwing that threat shade out there. And James, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, um, you can. Most of my thoughts go straight to uh, Twitter when they're not uh, being written down and published on sites like Anime News Network. So um, on Twitter, you can find me at Kick the Beckett with two T's at the end. Um, I also have a blog of the same name, kickthebeckett.com. I haven't updated it in a while, but I'm hoping that now that all the COVID blues are, are um, starting to wind down, I, I might be able to get that back up and running a bit more consistently. And um, I am about to relaunch my uh, Kick the Beckett podcast. Um, it is being renamed as the Media Missile Circus, and it is um, where me and my co-host, The Settle Doctor, talk about whatever the hell we're into at the current time. Um, we talk about anime, movies, video games, books, TV shows of all stripes. Um, it's kind of just a grab bag of, of all the different media and culture that we're really into and that we want to share with with you guys. And so if you're interested in that, um, be sure to follow the podcast for announcements and episode updates um, at Media Missile Pod on Twitter. And I know what I'm doing after this episode then. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Twitter at CJ Maffris, uh, where I write all my Toonami Faithful content on ToonamiFaithful.com. Uh, still haven't decided if I'm going to stream or not, but if I do, it'll be under the name CJ you know, usual, I'll just be doing Pokemon and Genshin Impact. <laughs> that is my life right now. Uh, but yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little more on the negative side, but it is fair. You know, after all, we can't just put nostalgia glasses on and say, this is good because it's a follow-up from an old series we all love. But I do hope everyone takes the time to at least try to experience it themselves and not let like people like us sway you or anything like that. And if you tend to agree with our line of thinking feel free to tweet at us you guys are right that's all you have to say <laughs> uh, but on, but on that note thank you so much for listening and i can't wait for the next episode for you all guys to hear we'll see you later bye